Good morning, everybody. It's nine o'clock on Monday morning, January 30th. We're already done with this month. We have one more day, and it's cold outside. It's so cold that there are people here who are struggling to get here on time. So there you go. Welcome to The Lead Live. I'm Lewis Amistoy. It is Monday. Monday morning, and we're in for a week already. So there you go. Tom Fox will join us shortly, as will Andrew Gay and Gilbert Pies. Uh, Leslie Jones won't be with us today. She's feeling under the weather, so we wish Leslie the best in her recovery. Let's get started. The lead is brought to you by Quick Lane, our good friends over at Ken Stopel Ford. They are ready to help you out, get your car in, in gear, in shape for whatever you may be facing. I drove mine halfway across the country, so I got to get mine in there as soon as possible. I keep telling me that, but I'm just going to stop in or I'm going to make a, uh, I'm going to make a, uh, a, a change basically in uh, how I'm going to, uh, to, to, to work. So there you go. I just noticed right now that my signs are different today. My, my posters, Ray Wiley Hubbard is no longer accompanying the great and powerful Robert O'Keefe. He's now moved over. So we have all these different pictures and stuff in here. All right, uh, here we go. The show is brought to you by uh, Pint and Pop Brewing Company of Kerrville, Texas. Ken Sobel Ford and Fidget State Sales. Helping build the lead includes Wild Birds Unlimited, the Hill Country Podcast with Tom Fox, Texas Hill Country Advisors, Kerrville Pets Alive, the Kerrville Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arcadia Live, Kildeer Manufacturing, K-Pub, safe, reliable, and yours, and of course State Farm, like a good neighbor. Visit Amber Thomason and her crew over there at State Farm on Thompson Drive as we get started this morning. And uh, also Napa Auto Parts across the street, they have great deals for you as well. So there you go. Good morning again. Oh my goodness, what a weekend! If you're a football junkie, it was a it was it was a good one. So we uh, I I've spent I although I I didn't catch the end of the 49ers Eagles game. You know, sometimes on Sundays I get really you know you just get kind of worn out. So I took a nap. I took a nap in the second half, and I think it took longer than I thought because I missed the whole second half. And so I didn't miss much. The Eagles uh, dominated the. Uh, they dominated the uh, 49ers and headed to the Super Bowl. Good news for Jalen Hurts, who's the quarterback for the Eagles. Uh, there was a lot of people talking about this, too, that you know he was one of these guys who was uh, you know kind of demoted a couple times in his, in his career. It was like a head-scratching demotion, like Nick Saban at Alabama you know, demoted him um, for Tua. And uh, that, was, that was a strange one. You know, Jalen Hurts is a winner. And I remember when he went to Oklahoma, I was like, man, that's good. That's a good choice. You know, such a great athlete, such a good guy too. You know, went to, you know, basically got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and then went to the NFL. And you can't really argue with that kind of guy. So I'm kind of rooting for Jalen Hurts. Now, Pat, Patrick Mahomes, of course, is ridiculous. And that was a heck of a football game last night between the Chiefs and the, the Bengals. There were some, some, you know, some strange calls at times during that game. They had a weird sort of reset on third down. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, the, the game was decided, 
you know, it, with emotion. You know, the late hit on, on Mahomes put the Chiefs into field goal range uh, to, to win the game, and they did. And so that was that was one. People were like, "Well, that was that was a cheap. No, that was didn't be that didn't be called late, late hit. It was late hit. That's the first thing I said to my mother. Late hit, late hit. You just can't hit the quarterback like that out of bounds. And then that guy hurt himself too. Uh, Osai or whatever his name is, the the linebacker came back and hit him. I mean, you're trying to make a play, and you just got to know when when to do stuff. You know, there was a couple of times too when the when the Chiefs were doing dumb stuff too. Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs, was was pointed with helmet and saying, you know, look, got to be smarter than that. Got to be better than that. So there you go. So we're going to have a Chiefs and Eagles uh, um, Super Bowl, basically. We'll see how this is going to work out. Some people are calling it the Andy Reid Super Bowl because Andy Reid was coached the 40, or coached the Eagles for 14 seasons. He's now been in uh, Kansas City with for 10. So uh, took the uh, he took them to the, the Eagles to the Super Bowl and had Donovan McNabb uh, Super Bowl. Uh, they did not win that one, but he you know he's won one with uh, with the Chiefs and looking for another one. So they go back to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs have been a great story all season, all all season, obviously. Uh, and they did it without hardly any receivers. Everyone was hurt by the end of the game, so they're going to have a couple weeks to rest up before they. Get back to it. So there you go. All right. The big news here locally is we have a winter storm warning in effect through Wednesday morning. Uh, that is uh, – that's not the news we want to we want to hear uh, going into this. Lucy Wilkie, our district attorney, she was like, no, no, it can't be. It can't be. It can't be. No, no winter storms. Nothing. No. So I sent her a text this morning. I said, hey, can you, can't you file an injunction or something? Can't you do something legal? To stop this winter storm from happening, so uh, yeah, I don't know what the deal with that is. Oh, yep, there you go, there you go. Tom Fox is here. He's gonna he's gonna make, pull you into compliance here. We'll get him in here in a second uh, to talk about the things he's gonna talk about. Uh, but the winter storm is in effect through Wednesday. Let me read the latest from the National Weather Service. A rapidly evolving winter weather event is unfolding this morning. Temperatures over South Central Texas have dropped dramatically. I think it was 33 degrees when I got here this morning. Uh, it was so cold that Joe Herring could, couldn't barely walk. So we saw him earlier. Uh, he, he strolled in here. Usually he's here around 8.15, but it's so cold that they had to bundle up and slow down their, their journey a bit. Uh, winter weather advisories are expanded across uh, areas of the communities impacted. Of course, we are in the pink area for the hill country, so you're going to see some ice accumulations apparently of up to a half an inch, which is not good news. I mean, a half an inch on a tree and uh, can knock out the power lines pretty quickly there. So let's keep uh, keep that on there. Then they are warning folks here. Let me go to this uh, this other piece here that you shouldn't travel. Um, that if you're going to travel. Right now, it's 33 degrees. Uh, this winter storm watch will go in, or winter storm warning is going to go in through, through, through Wednesday afternoon. But what they're saying right now is stay out of the, uh, stay, out, stay home, basically. Uh, very hazardous travel conditions with any non-emergency travel uh, being discouraged. Numerous power outages possible. So there you go. K-Pub's already been on it. I saw the sheriff's department has put out there. And they don't have the Bearcat now yet. They don't have the Bearcat's not going to be here until next year. So I'm sure the emergency services plans are in effect as we go through this right now. And that's going to be the, the good news for everybody that we're going to have. Uh, we're going to have. We're prepared. The, uh, the uh, police, fire, city people last week during the city council workshop 
they went through and they basically gave a detailed plan of how everything's going to work during a winter storm event. So they're pretty much well prepared for this. This has like become our annual thing now, three in a row, three winter storms in a row in February, late January, early February. Fun times here uh, in the Hill Country. Uh, a couple other stories for you uh, today. Um, if you got the newsletter, you subscribe to the newsletter. I talked a little bit this morning about what's going on in the election uh, coming up here in, 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 uh, in May. Uh, May 6th is the election uh, for the uh, Kerrville City Council, Ingram City Council, uh, school board races, and elsewhere uh, as we look at the municipal election. And I was just pointing out the fact that, look, you know, in, in, a, in a city council election, you're not going to see, you know, it's, not, not, it's, it's a nonpartisan race. Right. But what increasingly what we've seen is partisanship, you know, uh, approach it last in 2021. We saw that with Mary Ellen Summerlin, who is, you know, an avowed Democrat running for city council against Roman Garcia. Um, the attack ads came out um, separate of the Garcia campaign that painted, you know, um, Mary Ellen Summerlin as an enthusiastic backer of Beto O'Rourke. Uh, and, you know, there's just some people who just won't vote for a Democrat. You know, there's about 25% of the electorate, if that is, is, uh, is, is, is identifies as a Democrat. What's interesting is that I, get, I always get told, well, 75% of this, this county is Republican. Mm, well, maybe. Uh, but if you actually look at the numbers, the registered voters and the members of Republicans that participate, uh, no, it's not. It's, it's, we're, we're more independent than anything. Which is part of the problem with these these two party systems. There is increasingly there's more and more people who are unwilling to identify with Republicans or Democrats because either the Republicans are too cons- are, are are too conservative or not conservative enough, and the Democrats are too liberal or not are not conservative enough or not liberal enough. I mean, it's just you have a lot of different you know people in this way. But the point of the matter was was that if you look at the last few elections, right. And these are where the patriot back groups have come back and they said, going back to 2020, we're going to back these people. First, it was the, the Kerr County Patriots or whatever they call themselves. And then, the, then you have together, what's the one the latest one? We the people. They back these candidates, right? And so they've only really had, they haven't had much success if you really look at it, right? You take a deep dive into it, not much success, right? We saw this with Wesley Vertle, uh, who was uh, a candidate uh, running against Andy Murr. Uh, what is this, the 53rd district or 51st district? Andy Murr is conservative. He's very conservative, right? Andy Murr's a good guy, right? Wesley Vertle painted Andy Murr as like a commie, basically. And he, and, uh, he got 40% of the vote, right? He still lost in the primary. 60% of them said no. The Republicans said no. So, you know, you saw an extreme version of that. And that a lot of the Patriot groups back Vertle. Um, you saw representatives of Chip Roy working to help Vertel get elected, right? And so Murr uh, won that race 60 to 40, right? But he, he I mean, Wesley Vertel attacked him every way he could and didn't, didn't succeed. And I think ultimately that's because the voters look at Andy Murr as someone who's reasonable. First off, he's got the incumbency at his uh, uh, you know, advantage. Two, he's reasonable and he's approachable, right? And so even for independents and moderates, you know, it's like, oh, Andy Murr's not that bad, you know. Uh, in the Texas Senate, right, uh, Raul Reyes uh, won the primary, 
but he couldn't gain ground against Pete Flores in the actual runoff because Pete Flores was the more reasonable of the two candidates. Raul Reyes was like a was like throwing grenades, you know, at people. I was at an event with the Republicans and man, he just was spitting fire. They had to like tone it down. He was he made people uncomfortable in his own party. And at the end of the day, he lost by 11 points in that race. In the Kerrville City Council race, all three Patriot-backed candidates lost in the last one in 2021 or 2022 by 20 points or more. Okay? Those were, those were the – that was Robin Monroe, Katie Chapman Hanna, and then Brent Bates. Um, they were running against – and here's the other part of this, too, when you go to the City Council. Bring yourself before me. Bring, I can see you. I can see you, Gilbert. You can come on the show right now. Come on. Come on. We're talking politics. Come on. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, we're talking about the, the, uh, the 2022 city council race. All three Patriot back groups lost. But here's the rub on that one, too. If you look at who they're running against, they're running against longstanding people in the community. Uh, you know, who had big time name recognition, and you had also had an incumbent uh, running for city for mayor, uh, and you had another incumbent running for city council, and then you had Joe Herring, who's like a living legend here in the community. So those were twenty point losses in twenty twenty. Uh, a block a block of Patriot Group back challengers, including current council members Roman Garcia and Brenda Hughes, ran against Kerrville City Council incumbents, and they lost. Um, Except for Brenda Hughes. Brenda Hughes beats Delane Siegerman. And again, that goes back to my rule of she's been here for a long time and she's highly engaged and highly involved versus the candidates who are not highly engaged or highly involved. There's probably more headphones than you need. So there you go. Uh, and, so, and so Hughes wins her election against Delane Siegerman and then gets and then basically basically kind of flips her positions. Once she got into and realized, hmm, I was not really told the truth about some stuff here, and Brenda Hughes is very independent in her thinking. So there you go. And then we saw one Patriot-backed candidate run for the Kerrville Independent School District Board in 2022, only to lose to an incumbent. So, so there, our lesson here is that you've you got to be moderate in some ways in Kerrville in order to gain election to these different races. So what we're seeing now is we're seeing uh, two races shaping up, right? We don't know if actually there is a race in place one yet because officially Roman Garcia has not filed, um, which there's been some hubbub about this being a, I can't believe I said hubbub, but whatever, about uh, this being an ethics issue. He's declared he's going to run, but he hasn't actually filed. I don't, I don't really see what that, if that's an ethics issue or not. Um, but he's, he's in, his intent is to run for re-election. Then you have uh, Barbara Duell Ferguson running against uh, Jeff Harris. And that's an interesting race right there. Barbara Duell Ferguson has come out against um, the public safety building. She called it a wish list building. The voters approved that, essentially. She was on the committee. And it was a surprise to the committee when she came out and said, I don't want to vote for this. you know, Because they were, they were through the whole process right, of, of looking at this building. And look, be perfectly honest with you. Like I'm kind of, I'm, I'm suspicious of public public stuff a lot of times, because they hide things and they do stuff, right? You know, they don't they don't follow the compliance that Tom Fox preaches. But what they do, what they do do is that there is a reality to what public buildings cost, and forty five million dollars is probably right in line what they should should have cost for a city where we want to go. Okay, uh, Barbara Duell disagreed with that, 
or Barbara Duell Ferguson disagree with that. She said it was we didn't need something that big. It was a wish list building. Um, I think the police and fire officials would probably disagree with her on that. That that they needed this space to do the work they want to do. Increasingly, um, it's increasingly uh, you know interfacing with the community and how they're going to make this thing uh, and how they're going to grow through the years. Right? Um, you can make the argument that the sheriff's building, yeah, built cheaply, but probably not probably not where it should be in the future. So there you go. Um, and then it comes to spending, right? What are we going to spend on a race? And it was interesting. I looked at it this a little bit. And I got a note from somebody this morning asking me about this. It might be a little bit low. We need to reevaluate these a little bit. But in 2021, Maryland Thorne spent $13,000 in that race and lost. Um, probably one of the most expensive campaigns in recent Kerrville history, according to what I was able to look at. But the but kind of the median has been about $4,500 per for an election. But if you look at that, that's about $3 a vote, you know, you got to spend uh, to get that to get that um, that return to win that race. So the sweet spot there is $4,200. Um, there you go. That's my election analysis. We'll have more on that later. And then finally, uh, my final news and notes for the day. We had another week of drunk and stoned in uh, Kerr, Kerr County. So prison rules, uh, Gilbert Pies, uh, <laughs> in effect, uh, as, we, as we mentioned, that uh, uh, since January 23rd, uh, law enforcement made 24 arrests. 14 were for either being drunk while driving, allegedly, or being drunk in public. They got like four or five women alone being drunk in public, uh, according to the, according to the, the records. Another five were arrested for suspected drug possession. It continues our mostly drunk and stoned in Kerr County numbers. 79% arrests of those alleged offenses. So there you go. There's our news and notes for a Monday. Uh, Tom Fox is here. Gilbert Pius is here. Andrew Gay is here. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys today? Good morning. Good morning. Mi microphone's not working yet. You didn't oh, even turn. Yeah, I was going to say, you didn't even turn my <laughs> microphone on. You trickster. You're a trickster. You know what? I just Bunch of I, hubbub. I, I, I could have sworn I just saw a mosquito fly by my face. And it's 33 degrees outside. Why is that not dead? It's Texas. You're, Texas mosquitoes. You're, you're hallucinating. I am hallucinating. There was some kind of <laughs> Are thing. Are you stoned and drunk <laughs> this morning? Pine oh, Plow, 9 a.m. Yeah. Lock on. Lock on, right. Uh, Award-winning podcaster uh, and best-selling author Tom Fox is here. Um, you wrote a book. Did you illustrate this book yourself too? How did you illustrate this thing? Uh, I had a um, illustrator illustrate the book. That was uh, that was a that was a. I mean, you took a, a topic, and basically, you built it into something that was uh, your bestseller, right? I mean, you 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 did not expect this at all, did you? I did not. I did not. What, I mean, how did you come up with the idea of doing a children's book on compliance? Uh, actually, a publisher approached me, uh, and the uh, publisher publishes children's books, right. and all of their books are along the lines of, my father is a compliance officer, my mother is an author, my dad is an accountant, right. my mother is a teacher, and it's designed to teach kids what their parents do. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so uh, they provide the illustrator, I provided the story, right. and a beautiful marriage was formed. There you go. Um, are you prepared to say how many books this has actually sold? I think we've sold 160 in the first five weeks. Wow, that's amazing. 
that's an amazing number of, of people that have, uh, have, have are, are, I mean, it's a pretty good little book too. I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of fun, you know, it is. You it's know? the story of, uh, uh kids traveling, traveling across the galaxy mm-hmm. to the dog rescue planet right. to build a new dog rescue shelter. Right. And Mr. Evil tries to bribe them into buying a substandard building structure. Nice. And they say no to bribery right. so that they can give the dogs the best home possible. Sounds like something that Carol Pets of Life should sell. There it is. There's the book right here. Uh, camera, let's do camera two. There it is. How uh, being a compliance officer is awesome. awesome. Everything is awesome. You had some. <laughs> didn't you have a good bit of success with uh, Amazon? I did. Right. Amazon. Sold through Amazon. Sold through Amazon, and it's available now as well. And it's good. It's, yeah, it's, these are the kind of things that you know kids need to know about. You know, too. You know, it's like it, it's it's written in a way that you know children kind of get that too you know like oh i'm not going to have a substandard facility for my animals you know exactly right i mean that's a perfect way to look at it how did that how did that process go exactly I mean, did you did you say well they said here's what we'd like to do and then you came up with the, the, the kind of the storyline and then someone illustrated it for you uh i was close it was said give us a storyline i gave it to them they wrote it up sent it to me i reviewed it for technical accuracy they yeah. did the drawings as presented it to me and I said let's roll right right exactly so you got that you got that done um, just so we, real quick we had some comments I want to get to uh, just jumping back to the comments for a second it was that um, Stacy Schultz is very excited about the Eagles because she's from Philadelphia even though she lives in New Jersey mm-hmm. she was like Dr. Oz you know she lives in New Jersey but she really is a Philly fan does she crew today I don't know I don't know so uh, I don't think I, I, I gotta ask her that question do you eat that stuff uh, Tony Fontaine Jenner. Uh, it's too bad Rich Paces can't be on the city council too. He'd keep the costs down on the <laughs> on the new building. So Tony Fontaine Jenner always uh, insightful about her prison work. Is, is there a rule against being a county commissioner and a city council person at the yes, same time? Yes, I think so. Is there? I think you can. I don't think you can hold two elected offices. And unless you're in New York City, I think that was the way they what's his name got around that stuff. So, um, boss tweed, not boss tweed. I'm thinking of the other, the, the boss tweed legacy guy, uh, Robert Moses. Robert Moses uh, was never elected. But he was he had in that, all appointed positions. All appointed positions, and all and he made and he, it, you know, he he's arguably the most powerful person <laughs> in New York history. Probably the most influential Central, person right. in uh, the twentieth century. Absolutely, certainly the second half of the twentieth. I mean, century. yeah, you think about what he what he accomplished there and, and how he did it. You know, unbelievable, uh, and probably with some level of we would never accept what he did today for Correct. sure. So, uh, he, he, he did not follow compliance rules. And no, he followed like, compliance rules, but what he did was he destroyed whole neighborhoods to build freeways. Freeways. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, and he Lincoln ripped, Center. Yeah. I think, if, I think if he would have had a chance, he probably would have torn up Central Park to a certain degree. He uh, did already. His final plan, which was rejected, was to basically destroy East and West Greenwich Village yeah. to put in a highway. Yeah. And they oh, were wow. able to stop that. Yeah. He was going to build freeways all over the place. You know, he was. The master of building freeways, and of course, he was the New York Port Authority kind of founder as well. So, a very interesting person, Robert Caro, who's written the LBJ series, has written a, a really commanding book on him. The power broker. The power broker, right? So, I mean, and I can't remember. Did he draw salaries from all those different yes. systems? Yeah. So he made millions. Millions. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And he had unlimited funds to the New York Port Authority. Right. And the thing that was interesting about that too was that Robert, we're totally on another another topic here altogether. <laughs> It's amazing how it happens on the show. Robert Moses, you know, uh, he, he he is the legacy kind of of Boss Tweed. He was last kind of one of the last of the Tammany Hall kind of guys, wasn't he? 
Well, uh, it really wasn't the corruption. It was the absolute power. Absolute power, right, right. Which he willed. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he he got things done. I mean, there's never been any evidence that he was corrupt. Correct. He was just ruthless. Ruthless and merciless. And merciless, right. He just destroyed. There's a great... I saw an image the other day. I can't remember if it was the New York Times where they showed like a before and after of one of his free, freeway projects where he just ripped up whole neighborhoods. Right. And, you know, I mean, there was some. There are some allegations of that. You know, was like, oh, just black people live there, or, or or Puerto Ricans live there. We'll just tear it out. You know, no, no problem. Well, the new West Side Story was built around that that idea. That right? idea, right? Yeah, hmm. yeah. There's communities all over. You know, where you have that kind of redlining that went happened in, in back in the day. But this is why we talked to Tom because he's got all the insights of these things as well. Uh, such a wealth of knowledge. It's such a wealth of knowledge. What's going on in the world of compliance these days and in your podcast? You've got so much going on. Yeah. So two big things in the world of compliance. Number one, the Department of Justice has revised its corporate enforcement policy. Uh, but number two, um, out of the Delaware Court of Chancery, for the first time ever, they held that an officer has a duty of oversight in a corporation. The distinction is that duty had previously been given to boards of directors and now officers can be sued individually. So oh, that's nice. a huge change. That is a huge change. You know, I was thinking about this this morning as I was coming in uh, about compliance. And, you know, we have this issue with documents showing up in uh, in places. I'm just thinking to myself, there's there's a couple ways to look at this. One, I bet you that we go back, we'll probably find every high-ranking official and administration has probably took some document home at some point uh, because there was apparently a failure in compliance with the law. Uh and um, and then the ludicrous way, like I look at it, I like, uh, you know, Biden got hit with it. Um, I bet you, if you went over to Obama's house, there'd probably be a few things laying around that he probably shouldn't have had. I bet you W has some stuff laying around that they shouldn't have. There was just sort of this legacy of probably some haphazard concerns or overclassification, which is another issue that's out there. Hmm. Um, but I heard I, I, I heard Ted Cruz trying to like work his way out of a knot that he worked himself into over Biden and then they found the stuff over in uh, Pence. in Pence's house and, and Cruz was like like a reasonable person would say okay look time out here okay we got it your place we got it your place let's time out here let's what what is the problem here but instead Ted Cruz is trying to like you know oh well you know Pence didn't know what was going on everybody you know he didn't know what was happening and uh, but but Biden you know he was giving this documents to Hunter Biden. I mean it's just craziness right <laughs> So, I mean, you know, that's, that, that to me falls clearly into an example of, of bad public policy not being, not being executed, you know, appropriately. Well, uh, you know, Chris Tomlinson, the business columnist for the Houston Chronicle, he was an yeah. Army intelligence specialist, mm-hmm. and he saw a copy of the Daily Berlin newspaper with a top secret mark on it. He was in Germany listening to the Russians yeah. when he served overseas. And he asked his uh, commanding officer, why is this marked top secret? It's a publicly available newspaper. And he said, it's not publicly available that we're reading it. That made it top secret. Wow. So that's just the inanity of the classification system. And we've yeah. got to cut back on that. Yeah. I mean, there were some, there were some discussions about, you know, that, I mean, classified documents can even go so far as down. I mean, I think the Department of Energy probably has the most classified documents outside of the military. But even agricultural stuff can be classified for various reasons of, you know, not wanting to get information out there before, you know, a crop sale or something along those lines. But it's, 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 it's so deep and pervasive that, you know, 
why? Why do we need to have all these class these these classified documents uh, out there? So uh, we don't. And if you're going to ask people to work 18 hours a day, part of that time is going to be working at home. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you're, they're going to take. I mean, it's it's totally. I can't tell you how many times I've taken work home with me. I mean, you guys all do. You know, I have my own. Yeah, I have a gigantic mess of stuff in my home office as well. It's just one of those things, and you have to be careful about what you take with you. So it's interesting. Um, the podcast, though, continues to uh, shine. Uh, who have you interviewed lately, and what's been the late? What's been the what's been the latest? I guess. So uh, I interviewed the guys from uh, Rob Tree, a uh, Rod Tree, Roddy Tree, Roddy Tree, Roddy Tree, and uh, by the way, they're having a show on Valentine's Day. They are. They are. Interviewed a guy named James or Jim Horky. He's new to Kerrville, first time author. Mm-hmm. Talks about his life in recovery and how he got his life back uh, from a nader of drugs and alcohol. And that was a great story. Yeah. Uh, I'm working with a guy named John Assetti uh, to help him write his autobiography. And we're getting ready to release a full 10 episode set from last to first, the John Assetti story. So look for that on the. Um, Texas Hill Country Podcast Network. Why does that name sound familiar to hey. me? What, what does he do? What does he do? John uh, published a book, Profiles in Leadership. That's right. About uh, business leaders in Kerrville. Business leaders in Kerrville. 93 okay. years old 93, and published his right. seventh book. Seventh book. What did he find out about business leaders in Kerrville? What, was his, uh, what were some of his uh, uh, takeaways, I guess? Uh, pervasive, uh, pervasiveness and stick to itness of people who follow their passion, dreams, or their business idea. Right. Um, and that's something that we talk about a lot with uh, entrepreneurs is like you have to kind of like stick to it. You have to kind of just, you know, I mean, it's not an easy journey for a lot of those folks who are, who are in that kind of business leadership role. So That and then, of course, there's the cookie lady yeah. who everybody loves. So if you do something everybody else loved, you're going to be successful. Right. Julia Kardioshinsky. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, the cookie lady. The yeah, cookie lady. and she continues to, I see, I've noticed that her, I've been in there for a while. Well, she doesn't, I, I can't eat anything she makes. So that's the unfortunate part of it. I would eat all of it if I could. But she's, I see her, her store sort of expanding. I walked by there. I went to, the, to, to lunch or dinner at the Bayou right. next door the other day, which, by the way, I'm telling you right now, I really enjoyed that place. I'm, I, you know, when you get a, a shrimp boil for 15 bucks, you're, you're, in, you're in a good spot. So I was in there picking up some brownies, and uh, she baked somebody a cake, Did which I would not seen her do yeah. before. So, yep, you can get a cake from her uh, by spec and order. You can get a little bit of she, and she's really nice too. But it looks like her store is starting to, they're, they're kind of starting to grow it a little bit, and trying to mature it out a little bit. Like it'd be more of a place to come in and you know grab something, and, right. you know, and you know. Whereas more custom orders were kind of her, her thing previously. So, and the we, thing I love about her is if you go in once, she remembers what you get. Does she really? She does. Wow. And when I told her that, she looked at me and said, yeah, you're the brownie guy. You're the brownie guy. The only guy who comes in my <laughs> cookie store and asks for the brownies. brownies. The brownie guy. The brownie guy. We were gifted a box of cookies from them uh, the other week, last yeah, week. They were very good. And what, they were what'd you have? delicious. What were they, what'd you Chocolate get? chip and snickerdoodle. Oh, snickerdoodles. Really? I love uh, Yeah, they were, they were killer. There, there's... There really is. There, there's very few bad cookies, you know. Touche. You know, I mean, if you really look at it, there's a lot of cookies out there. You could say, well, I don't, I, I don't particularly like cookies with walnuts myself, but I mean, still, I would, I, I could, I could, I could probably work my way around. Oh, I feel it, like so. oatmeal raisin gets a bad rap. I, totally gets a bad rap because it doesn't have like chocolate. But or, if you add chocolate and you know. raisins to it, it's even better, man. So it's yeah. like raisinettes on steroids. It's fabulous. So. <laughs> Even the crappy cookies at the store sometimes, like, you know, like there's ones out there that I really, Nutter Butter, 
can't beat that one. No, you can't. can't what about the, the what about the EO fudge? Do you do those? Uh, you those? Yeah, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Um, oh, they're good. Yeah. It's like a reverse Oreo yeah, with yeah, the fudge yeah, in them. Right. Uh, okay. There's two types of you know what's interesting about Oreos is Hydrox, which is the is the is the actually the older version of the right. Oreo. Right. You're dating yourself. God, I know. Like, there's there you can't find them anymore, but they're so good frozen. <laughs> You know, and of course we have Girl Scout cookies coming out right now too. And uh, the Girl Scouts do have a thin mint, thin mints cookie it's, that's gluten free, which I'm very excited about. I saw so. a meme the other day. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna stick out that New Year's resolution to lose weight." And then the Girl Scout cookie right. said, right. "Yeah, yeah, you you just you keep thinking that." I, I here, we, here we come. One time, um, uh, I, I did a video of like you know seven or eight years ago, maybe longer. Where I ate like a whole sleeve of thin mints for breakfast, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah. Absolutely. And my dad was like, my dad immediately sent me a gym membership. I got you a gym membership. Actually, he didn't think you'd, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of haze there where you had the munchies. Yeah, no, I was like, no, I didn't have, I, that, that's not a thing for me. It was just good. You know? Hallucinating. So, He's got the munchies. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if I was in Kerr not County, that I would, if, if I was in Kerr County, it definitely would have been the munchies because everyone's stoned and drunk here, apparently. Right. So. It's wild Monday morning. Yeah. Dazed and confused. Yeah, dazed and confused. <laughs> Gilbert's like, in Kerr County. Me. Gilbert's like, prison rules, baby, prison rules. Uh, Gilbert, I've been watching Narcos again, by yeah. the way. I, I need to get back on that. Uh, uh, on that I'm, train. Watch, I'm watching Narcos Mexico right now. So which one is that? That's the second. So there's two. There's two series of Narcos. There's uh, yeah. They're the almost like comfort. I watching. watched the first one. There's there's Narcos Colombia and there's Narcos Mexico, which okay. actually takes place before Colombia. So uh, have you started your Oscar watch? Let me, let me tell you my Oscar story here. Let me tell you this. Have you ever held an Oscar before? No. It's truly an impressive piece of hardware. Uh, but I got to hold one one time. Uh, I met a guy named John Chambers uh, back when I was a kid. Uh, John Chambers lived across the street from my grandmother. And John Chambers was the guy who designed the masks for uh, Planet of the Apes. So he won an Oscar for that. So we got to hold the Oscar and an Emmy. The Emmy's a piece of crap. But the Oscar, you can <laughs> yeah. kill a man with that thing. It's like 12 or 14 pounds. It's like a shot put. Uh, or bowling. Well, it was, it's 12 pounds, so it's, it's solid, right? Um, and But I think this year, like, I'm, I know people want to get into this thing, this deal about, you know, everything all together all at once, whatever it is. I want to see it. I, 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 I hear it's great. I love Michelle Yeoh. I thought she should have won an Oscar for uh, Crazy Rich Asians. But Tom Cruise deserves to win an Oscar because you know what, he got me back into a movie theater, and I'm telling you right now that movie, I love that. Movie. I love Maverick. I loved his. It character. was a blowout for the box office. Yeah, dollars. I mean, I mean that's the thing, right? I was like, look, Hollywood. I get you want to do the artistic and creative thing. You want to have people who are you know manically depressed and going through something, and you want to tell their story. But look, dude, paying your bills right at this point. You know, I mean, he got people back into the movie theater uh, to a level like I said, I I, I wasn't going to go back. You know, I have a 65 inch TV at home that I love and I will watch TV. I watched a movie last night uh, uh, on Netflix called uh, it was about it was about a Norwegian battle. I think it's it's Naring Naring. Um, Anyway, it was about how the British and the French 
And the Norwegians teamed up. The Narvik. Two, Narvik, yes, Narvik. It's about That's, the port. The port of Narvik, I watched right. that this weekend. Yeah, great movie, right? It's awesome. Don't need to go to the movie theater for that. can watch it at home. But, but Top Gun, that was, that was an experience. That was a good experience to have. And I, I, I don't understand why. I mean, it's nominated for Best Picture. You know, to me, that's like the hands down one. one. It's the best picture. It won. It wins. You know, I don't need to go see Avatar. I'll go see that at home. So uh, yeah, that's the thing about this, this, this deal. It kind of upsets me. But I don't know, what are your thoughts on the, uh, on the Oscars? Do you have one you, you, you picked out already? Top Gun. Top Gun, see? Greatest sequel ever. And then consider it's 35 years later. Right. That's true. Val Kilmer. Yeah. I, yeah. The five times I've seen it, I've cried during that scene. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just great. Uh, the flight scenes were 35 years later and still fabulous. Carrier landing and takeoff, fabulous. The uh, son, uh, the story of Goose's son, yep. absolutely yeah. fabulous. The dog fights, absolutely fabulous. Right. Uh, Tom Cruise as a 65-year-old boy, absolutely fabulous. Yep. I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is that he's and also... Penny Benjamin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact that he is... Admiral's daughter. Well, yeah, I mean... The fact that he is sort of uh, uh, he is a very different character than he was when he was in you know the original you know sure. like, and, and so the thing the thing that's amazing is Tom Cruise it's kind of like how you know if you watch the uh, the Creed movies mm-hmm. how Stallone mm-hmm. kind of revisits the character right. of Rocky you know he's different than he was you know he's a little more introspective obviously he's older he's a little bit lonelier obviously now. But Tom Cruise, man, he nails that that character as someone who's matured a little bit to a certain degree, but still wants to push it to the um, push it to the limit, you know. And Penny Benjamin's daughter says, "Don't break my mother's heart again." Right, exactly. Don't break <laughs> my mother's right, exactly. Don't break my mother's heart again. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's I, a good one. I, I I think I'm with y'all. I would I would side with uh, Top Gun, but I really did enjoy Avatar. Um, it was a creation. Why? Why? I, why? Fe- I felt like. Tell it, me why. I, it felt like it was a creative masterpiece of sorts. Yeah. Where you know it was it was long. Yeah. It didn't break my attention. I sat I sat still for that long really? and watched the thing. Yeah. I mean, I got up to pee like twice, yeah. but yeah. but <laughs> but other than that, it was it was great. Uh, I just you know all, I thought it was a well rounded yeah. film. Right. Like it hit on all the parts, introducing the new environment, uh, them having to get acclimated to that uh, and be accepted into that. I don't know. I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was decent. The graphics were were up to par as far as my expectations go. So, um, but uh, it's not better than Top Gun. Don't get right, me wrong. Right. It was just. It was good. It was a good. One. I have seen Elvis, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, which is spectacular. Um, uh, and Top Gun. Those are the ones I've seen so far. Um, I will probably see the Fablemans at some point. I will see Avatar at some point. Um, but, you know, it seems like the the uh, the front runner right now is everything, uh, everywhere, all at once. So that'll be interesting to see how that happens. I, I, I don't know that Elvis was necessarily the best picture, um, but... What's his name? Sure, they did a good job with that that uh, that that part. So, I don't know. What else have you seen on that uh, on that list? Yeah, All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, I mean, I read that book in high school. Mm-hmm. I watched the movie from the '30s. I watched the Richard Thomas remake in mm-hmm. the uh, early, uh, either late '70s or early '80s. Yeah. 
this one was was much more violent mm-hmm. than I remembered, and um, I don't know why, but the Richard the Richard Thomas one to me uh, really because it's so much focused on the experience of the individual so- soldier in the Lou Ayers, the one from the '30s. I just remember the guy in the in the hospital room saying, uh, "Could you get my boots? Because I can't feel my feet." Yeah, right. And you know they've they were been gone. Yeah, we're gone. Yeah. And uh, uh, but all three just brought home the horror and terrors of that war. Mm. Right. What's interesting is that um, what's interesting about All Quiet on the Western Front was that it's the first time that the Germans actually made they made that movie. You right. know, and so the other versions were American versions of it. Um, and the, 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 the really interesting part of that, too, was the, the scenes where they're negotiating the, 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 the armistice, you know, which I don't think is in the book. No. Uh, so that was added into it as well. And I've read some things about that book or about that scene historically. There's no written record of it, uh, that it's absolutely um, as they would have imagined it. You know, it's brilliantly done. And the guy who plays the the I'm trying to Daniel Brule, I think his name is, who plays the negotiator, who's later assassinated by the Nazis, right? Um, is uh, you know he was committed to that piece. Like we have to tell this part of the story, we have to tell this desperation to save these guys' lives, and they and then Ludendorff is like launches an offensive, you know, right at the very end of the war to 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 to, to ruin all these guys' lives. Just, just sacrifice the, all these young men for that. So, uh, the thing that also struck me too is that the guy who's the the main character, um, he does such a good job of being innocent and then becoming an absolute beast when he has to fight. Right. You know, I mean, he does some horrible things uh, to people. So, interesting, great movie for sure. You gotta take Andrew, uh, uh, Gilbert. What, you gotta take on movies. You don't have time. You have little kids. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't seen any of those movies at all. Right. Not, not that I'm opposed to it. It's just, you know, I, I don't have time for that. And uh, when I do have free time, I'm doing something else besides watching movies. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't even watch the NFL very much. You uh, didn't watch yesterday's games. Oh, man. You know, oh, I saw a little goodness. bit of each one. of them. Yeah. That's about it. Uh, yeah. But I, like I said, I don't have a lot of time. I'm doing something else did you guys hear i mean this is how insane our country's gotten um damar hamlin the guy who was you know critically injured in the from the bills there is a conspiracy theory out there that well there's there's now several conspiracy theories out there that one he died (laughs) and then his body double uh two is a clone (laughs) uh two that the covid vaccine was the reason why he had the heart the heart stop um, that there's no way he would have survived without brain damage, uh, which we don't know if he doesn't have brain damage or not, but, you know, or some kind of cognitive thing because he was out for nine minutes, you know, they're working on him, you know. Uh, but it, it's, like, unbelievable. And I remember Josh Allen, the quarterback uh, for the, uh, for the uh, Bills, just went on the record the other day and said, this is the dumbest I've ever heard in my life, you know. Did you know he was a teammate of George Santos in college? I did not know that. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so there we there go. There you go. George you, Santos. You mean the cross-dressing Brazilian? Jew, Brazilian. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, that one. That George Santos? Oh, wow. <laughs> How did we get to... Well, look, George... Here's the thing, right? George Santos doesn't surprise me. No. At all. No. Because, you know, last week... Uh, I'll tell you two things that happened here with this show and this my, my, my efforts... We had this group on called the Dirty Rotten Swing Band on Friday, right? The three-piece set. Um, 
led by you know just a great little group, right? Great, great swing swing uh, group, and uh, we had people who were like. I posted on the story, you know, on, on, on Facebook and it said, you know, if you click through the story, it says they'll perform at about 10 a.m. on, on Friday at Pint and Plow, you know, come by if you like, uh, we'll have it on the lead. Right. So on my Facebook po- comments, I'd have all these things like, well, wh- where's this at? Wh- wh- what time is it going to happen at? Where's it at? <laughs> well, well, like, well, and I just, and it was like three or four of them. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, um, I clicked, I was, I was like, click through to the story, you know? And then I had a lady in here the other day, comes in here the other day and she's looking around and she's like, oh, is this a radio station? And I was like, uh, no, she, uh, no, I was, I was sitting here doing something and she's like, oh, is this just for show then? <laughs> How did you know, lady? <laughs> yeah. Right. How did you know? I would have never yeah. guessed. I never guessed, you know? Uh, like this is just for show. I'm like, oh my god, unbelievable. Uh, then we had yesterday. We had a con- put up a little video yesterday. Uh, Stark Elementary School is having its sausage festival or sausage feed or sausage dinner. Sausage, sausage supper. supper. Yes. Supper, supper. Right there. You go. Is it, are you a Starky parent? Yes. Well, well, I, was, I bought tickets from Gilbert before. Did you? Previously. When my kids yes. were going to Starky. Yes. Yeah. So like that, multiple so, years. So we 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 put a little video up of a little girl who's kind of pitching them right. Saw Behind her, there's some rainbow-colored stuff, you know, like ribbons, things like that, right? Of course, oh somebody my went God. on. Uh, yep, exactly. You're a groomer. You're Groomers. a groomer. Oh my God. <laughs> You're a grooming. Uh, well, oh my God. I mean, I look very serious. Like, I hope they're not teaching woke stuff at the uh, how school. Do you, how do you have? I don't. How do you have time to do? Like, go watch. Top Gun or Avatar, yeah, or right? Yeah, you're yeah, watching. Dog, you're man. grooming the children. Right? Well, that, those those colors are you know rainbow. You know, God. I mean, it's just so I mean, our, must be retired. Our closest to George Santos in Texas was in 1972 or 73. We elected Don Yarbrough to the Texas Supreme Court. Everyone voted for him because they assumed he was a relative of Ralph Yarbrough, the right. senator from the uh, 60s from Texas. Right, uh, and it turned out. When he was running, and after he was elected, he was under investigation for criminal fraud and was convicted uh, while he was in office on the Texas Supreme Court. So, uh, not quite not George quite. Santos, but close. Right. Our our, our right. uh, George Santos in training. Not quite. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there is we George Santos to me is like how did they seat that guy? You know, um, how do they how do they seat that guy? Uh, Ethically, you know, I mean, I realized that he was elected, but he was elected. I mean, talk about voter <laughs> fraud. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, but, you know, it gets to the point, though, too, like I was saying earlier, like people don't read, right? They don't click through the story to find out that this thing is at 10 a.m. on a Friday, you know? And increasingly, that's where we're at with this this deal. It's well, you, so you have to you have to wonder. Okay, this guy was running in public. Yeah, where was the media in oh, they, his district? Th- no, they 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 got him in right? advance yeah. of all of this stuff. Well, that's the thing, right? They got him, right? They they the the local paper in in Long Island, wherever he's from, they nailed him on the start, right? I mean, but the problem was is that no one else picked up on it, like not the New York Times. Not Newsday. None of the New York media saw that story and picked up on it because they which, didn't care. They didn't care at, at the point right. at that moment. It's the same. It's the exact same thing you're saying. Mm-hmm. 
No one, no one cared until they looked. Right. And then all of a sudden they cared. Well, and then they start pulling it back and it's like, oh my gosh. But you know what? I mean, here's the thing though, right? I mean, you know, we had, we had, we had Brent Bates on this show, you know, and we, we opened up his, his financial can of worms and he still got votes. He argued got mm-hmm. more votes from being on my show than he did if he wasn't on the show. You Not know? from this two-bit little radio show. Not from show. this two-bit radio show. <laughs> right. Well, so. and, and, and look at uh, uh, Paxton, ever, you know, the show? attorney general for yeah. the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why, why would anybody vote for him? Just because he has an R in front of his name? Really? Yeah. Uh, he, he's... Well, I mean, no, but people voted for him. The R's voted for him. When there were other R's voting, you know, in it, you know, there it, it was just well, this he, R didn't. Yeah. This R voted for somebody else, right? I mean, there was some good candidates in there uh, to challenge him. I mean, I don't know about you know Prescott Bush, but you know, uh, he he his the power of the incumbency there, I think was was his was his, and, and the fact that he's also that's an outlier to me too. Like, I don't understand that one either. He's probably going to go to jail at some point, you know. Well, and and then as constituents. Yeah. People have to understand you're going to get what you get. Yeah. If you don't do the work right. to at least understand the basics of who the hell it is you're voting for. Right. right. Um, now, that, now, that sounds like your lifelong mantra. <laughs> study, right. study, study, study. study. Yeah. Right. I mean, if, if due you, diligence, due diligence, right. due diligence. If you're not going to at least do the basics, and, and let's face it here, we're not voting for anybody that's perfect. No, none of us is perfect. I, I think that's probably one of the main reasons a lot of people don't run for office because they're worried about all their skeletons coming out of the right. closet. But, but well, they, they know what, but so they used to, right? They, they used to. Yeah. And now they don't know. Now no one cares, you know, because yeah, you can still get elected, you yeah, know, that's true. You know, I mean, that's the thing like you used to, you used to, uh, you know, I mean, that's like, uh, the Democrats who got rid of, uh, what's his name? The comedian from Minnesota, Al Franken, you know, for doing this to somebody, you know, and, and rightfully so. Heck, you know, it's going back to the idea that you can just shoot somebody and you can probably get elected anymore. You know, it's just crazy. There is no, there is no sort of, you know, ethical, you know, boundary anymore. Ah, that's fine. He's all right. It's good. You know, it's all, it's all, it's all good. You know, I don't know. I don't know where we're headed with this stuff. It's just makes me, it makes me kind of crazy that we have this sort of inability to differentiate, you know, oh, well, he's a Republican. That's okay. Oh, he's a Democrat. Oh, that's okay. no, no. Absolutely not, you know. So it's just it's just interesting. Um, there was there's been a lot going on though, you know. When it when we talk about compliance though, uh, with Tom Fox and, and what he's what he's teaching though, I mean, does that get a little discouraging? You know, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you one scenario that I dealt with this last weekend. Right, I got people on me. Right, finally, I just had enough of this, and I, I I'm, I'm I'm these nail salons are making me crazy. So we had nail salons, right? Five of them, right? Uh, of the, there's like 15 in Kerr County, uh, and five of them got hit with fines in 2022, right? Well, these nail salon owners are unbelievable. They're like, well, that happened in 2021, like, like yeah, but you got fined in 2022. That's that's a fact. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, I do know what I'm talking about because you got fined a lot of money for this. And I go read the statute. There's where it's at. You know, your level of fine, right? If you get fined $2,600, you did something wrong, okay? They're like, well, we got a clean bill of health here. But it doesn't change the fact that you got fined in 2021. This narrative of like, well, that's, that's, that's old news. I mean, how do we take that? How do we take that as a, you know, how do we take that as a, as a deal, you know? 
You I take mean, that as a data point. If yeah. someone's been fined for actions that happened in 2021, I want to know if they've cleaned it up. Yeah. Is there any evidence they've cleaned it up? Did they, or in the compliance world, did you remediate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you fix it? Right. Uh, if you didn't, if you just said, no, well, that was two years ago, it doesn't matter now. Well, that tells you you really shouldn't be going to that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they say, yep, we got we made a mistake, we got caught, here's how we fixed it, and we are new and improved in mm-hmm. 2023, yeah. I might give them a chance. I think I saw a comment uh, about that. Uh, one of the owners came on and said something about that. And listen, I, at the end of the day, even th- reading through all that, I'm still going to go to Amy's nail salon with my wife and get a pedicure because yeah. she treats me to it. And it's like, I'm, that's, that's well, cool. You know, I, you know and, it, and it was validating to hear them say, like, listen, we have cleaned it up. I think that's right. kinda, that was kind of their point. And I kind of had the thought in the back of my head, it doesn't matter whether I read that or not, I honestly still would have gone. So, so like, sometimes it, it doesn't even... a branding even, opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. I, Exposure where you might not have otherwise gotten did. it. So, you know, with the Amy's guy, you know, I had to talk to him a lot, you know, and he was, at one point, he threatened to sue me, you know, and I was like, huh. I, I laughed at him. I said, you know... You're judgment-proof. What's that? You're judgment-proof. I know. And so I was like, <laughs> I, I, I told him, I said... He goes, I'm going to have to talk to my lawyer. I'm like, well, I'm going to tell you right now. After I laughed at him, I said, your lawyer's going to tell you. Here's what your lawyer's going to tell you. I can guarantee it. He's like, he's reporting. You're, you're, you're trying to sue over a three-inch story, which is three paragraphs, that just basically repeats what the state had on their website, which, by the way, says on the website for a year. So so once we got – and then, and then the best part about this whole story was that they sent me a note about they sent me the the fine or the fine they sent me the uh uh the inspection report for 2022 right which was done in november and in it there was a note about um a, a, a violation and so i was like well i don't i don't understand what this is about let me send it back to the tdlr the texas department of licensing regulation or T- Re- regulation and licensing whatever they call it anyway they came back and they said, well, no, no, this is very minor. You know, it's basically, it's a bookkeeping issue. They need to be on top of the bookkeeping. So like when you clean a bathroom, you know, you got to log it. Yeah. And when you clean, when you clean these foot baths, you got to log it. And they haven't always logged it appropriately, according to the inspector. Now it's a minor violation. It doesn't, and it'll go away if he comes back in 10 days and sees they've done the work. So you just make sure your, your, your work is done. But when you see the violation, you're like, well, what is this about? So we got through that whole process. I wrote the story saying, look, he's been in business for 18 years. You know, I went in there. It's clean. You know, I've been looks, in there multiple times. Yeah, it's clean. You're right. It looks like a good experience. Yeah. Right. And yes. his and his thing was that he was caught up possibly in a regulatory situation that is backlogged by just rampant complaints about things from nail color to this other stuff. So then, um, so we wrote the story about, about that, right? So I, th- I, feel, I felt pretty good about that. Well, then the JT's guy comes in to the comments, who is the brother of the guy that owns Amy's, and is like, you know, you need to get your facts straight. And then, I, man, and it was on after that. And I was like, look, that's not on me that you got a fine for $2,600. That's on you. And ultimately, so finally I just said, you know what the hell with that? I'm going to pull all the public records for that particular salon going back. Because... The $2,600 indicates that there's been other problems there before. Um, if you look at the number of, uh, you look at the way the state operates those things. And so this narrative there that, well, I didn't do anything wrong, you know, I think is, 
um, I think is ethically questionable, you know, for, for a lot of places, you know, say, well, I didn't do anything wrong, you know, um, well, how are you fixing it? Well, we didn't do anything wrong, so we're not going to fix it. I mean, well, come on, man, you know, come on, figure it out. So I don't know. That's a whole other conversation, right? Tom? So uh, actually, I wouldn't say whether it's ethically questionable or not. I would say it's a stupid business yeah. decision. Yeah. And that if, if you've made a mistake, own that mistake and then rectify it and tell people you've done it. Yeah. And I think you'll be rewarded in the uh, business community and the customer world better if you have transparency, mm-hmm. openness, and tell people, yeah, as Gilbert said, I'm human and this mm-hmm. is a mistake I made. Yeah. This is how I'm going to make sure it right. doesn't happen again. Well said. Well, I mean, because that's the thing. Like when you look at like Amy's, for instance, like it's easy. I mean, look, I'm going to be, I'll be candid with you. I think a lot of like, well, they didn't really say it, but I, I got this point that in most of these places are owned by Vietnamese immigrants, you know, and there's still people who are like, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't trust them. You know, like, well, what does that mean exactly? You know, what are you saying exactly? You know, right. when you, when you hear that kind of, you hear that kind of uh, commentary. Um, so I, I think they're, they're, the state gets inundated with these response, these, these complaints. Uh, if you look at the, the per capita number here in Kerrville, I mean, there was 30, they got hit in Bear County for the similar foot bath issues that we see here in Kerrville. But proportionally, that's a lot smaller than what we saw here, you know, in, in, in Kerrville. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting situation. And so I feel, I feel I'm sympathetic to him, but it's like, turn it around, man. I don't need to do your strategic communications for you. But I mean, there's an opportunity there to say, hey, look at my place. Well, well frankly, a lot of those, it's easy for a small business owner to feel picked on. Yeah. It really is, and, and and instead of thinking about it in a way that says, "Hey, how can we turn this lemonade or limes into or lemons into lemonade?" They 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 go into defensive mode, yeah. and that that usually isn't the the best response. No, right. Um, and, and then two, maybe there's a, a bit of a cultural you know difference in in the way things are handled. Um, some cultures, frankly, the the first instinct is just punch you in the face, yeah, and then right, and, <laughs> and then see what happens. Prison rules, yeah, But but you know that's not what it is, and and you weren't picking on them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just you were reporting facts because that's what you do, right? Uh, and and they probably just felt like you know what they're being picked on. They're um, being picked on. We're, right. we're we're getting picked on by the state, yeah, right, for nitpicky little things, but we're also getting picked on by. You know this local guy Lewis that's trying to drag us through the mud and make us look mm. bad. Yeah, but but I'll tell you, um, you know, my wife goes and gets manicures and pedicures, um, not not all the time, but occasionally she does. The last time she got one, mm. she got an infection in her yeah. foot yeah. from a, and it wasn't here in Kerrville. She was in Houston. We were visiting. Um, when she got back here to Kerrville, um, the she had to go to a podiatrist, and he had to cut open all of the wounds that all the infection that yep. she had to let him um, breathe and and he had to give her lots of heavy medication because right. if those things aren't taken care of they can turn really right. really bad yeah I mean it's 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 um, it's a real concern and it's one of those ones sure. that you go on to the the TDLR website and they talk about it very bluntly like this is an area of concern because you can get an infection from these things mm-hmm. you gotta keep this stuff clean so it's like health food inspections mm-hmm. I mean th- those things are not th- they do it for a reason yeah, right. um, every single restaurant ever created and ever to be created will have problems with rodents and bugs 
every single one it's of them will. It's almost impossible to keep it's, it out of there. It's it, it, impossible. Yeah. The, the thing is, how do they handle that? Yeah. How do they mitigate that? How do they reduce that? Yeah. Um, and, and then, of course, you're, you're talking about the employees. People have germs. We mm-hmm. all carry lots yeah. of germs. And if you let people mm-hmm. cooking food, prepare yep. it, and serve it, People are going to get sick. Well, that's the Chipotle. Uh, that's the Chipotle story. You know, if you look at what they were trying to accomplish, you know, from their business model, like we want to cook food fresh in the, uh, uh, you know, you know, in the in the in the store, so that our customers get the best possible experience. But what happened was the employees. A lot of times, you know, they would pass on something because they weren't they weren't either following the procedures. Uh, they weren't washing their hands or something like that. And then you get these people get sick, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of like why in fast food anymore, so much of that stuff's frozen because it's pre-prepared, you know, in a commissary, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's interesting to seek to follow how that whole thing works. Well, considering what the response you got on nails, maybe you should do health food inspections now. Well, you know, I, I have, was, was, <laughs> you know, I have done those and those are readily available too. And, you know, and, and really like in the last year or so, there haven't been a lot of problems, you know. I mean, the one that gets hit the most is Rita's Tacos. So he's got a B rating. It's still pretty damn good, you know. I mean, that's the one that probably has the most problems uh, or complaints. And you have a lot of times with people who will complain about something, uh, and they will go to they will go to the city who handles it, you know, and they'll say, um, "Here's what here's what you have." But there's really, you know, at the county level, you kind of if you eat food outside of Kerrville, you, you're kind of you're kind of playing playing Russian <laughs> roulette, Russian roulette, with your guts. right? Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So you know you you you're just hoping for the best. You're hoping for an ethical and compliant you know person to work yeah. you know, work on that who has good standards as well because that's where we do the you know that's where it's, it matters. I think I looked at it last year. There was maybe four or five verifiable complaints uh, last year. Um, and they have been, you know, usually it was the, the kind of the Asian buffet place that was that you got, you got hit the hardest at one point. But anymore, it's not, not too bad. So, you know, and a complaint here, you know, we noticed before, like, you know, you know, you, could, you have a complaint for a wide variety of things, a dog on the table, a dog on the. A dog in the in the restaurant, those kind of things. And so. sometimes, depending on what specific type of restaurant they are, it could be more challenging for them. Yeah. They could have their own individual challenges right, right. with that. Well, well, you know, McDonald's has pulled off what I thought was the most amazing. I knew it was, was going to be McDonald's, but remember they have that store in Fort Worth now that's completely automated. There's not a single human working in that place. Well, if there is, they're checking the robots, you know. Have you seen that? <laughs> no, so I've not. Yeah. No, it's, in fact, it's, like it's up in the Fort Worth area. It's completely automated. As but, long as they don't have like the Boston Dynamic robots doing it, I think that would be too creepy. Kiosk is fine, like little robot arms in the back yeah. and stuff. But no, you don't. You, you go up, you drive up. It's like a big, big shell, and then you you order your food, and then it 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 brings in this little bag. Basically, it's kind of a cool bag, right? It's like a Trader Joe's kind of bag, right, with the little handles on it, and it and it kind of pushes it out. There you go. Do the robots have to sign an non-compete? They, <laughs> yes, they do. Right. Wow. And they, they demand $15 and an they hour? Get, they get judged yeah. on whether or not they're compliant. Right. Yeah. There's no $15 an hour. There's probably some significant uh, uh, capital investments yeah. in that as well. Um, it's hard. I mean, the Boston robotics thing is a fascinating one, too, you know, or Boston Dynamics, whatever it's called. Those, I saw one shooting a gun on oh, a video of, course. of this thing. Of course, and man. I'd seen it before. And then the, there was a newer one with the... Um, 
what was it throwing he was like throwing a piece of i don't know equipment or something to another to like a worker yeah um it was what he did like a backflip before he did it right okay thanks right cool showing off i mean it's it's (laughs) creepy though right the the way they walk and move and (laughs) yeah you're just like man there's a there's there's a horrible uh, 80s movie uh, called Ice Pirates. Have you ever seen that movie? No. You've not seen Ice Pirates? Oh my god! Sounds, you were, it sounds like a horrible movie. I thought you were. Uh, I thought you were. Uh, Culture uh, Maven. Okay, listen, here, here's Ice the cast Pirates. in that one, right? Robert Urich is in it. Wow. Angelica Houston's in it. Okay. John Matuzak's in it. Uh, there's a few others in it too. And these guys, they go around, they 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 they, they steal ice because there's no water left in the universe, and. Uh, there's some great moments in that movie, like the space herpy. There's a there's, they 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 find this creature that looks like uh, an alien, but it's called the space herpy, and it attaches to your back. <laughs> I've seen excerpts from that. <laughs> yeah, I missed that I didn't one know that's what But they have these robots in there <laughs> that uh, they talk trash the whole time, right? Uh, and they have to like encourage them to get into the fight at times. Get in there, get in there, you know. And they look like the Boston dynamic robots in some ways you know the oh way they're kind gosh. of heavy footed i think i had a space herpy jump on my back at the kerrville folk festival last year did you know. really <laughs> i could <laughs> beat it off with a stick that could be that could be a, that could be a problem yeah so uh, it yeah. didn't stay for very long and it didn't yeah. bite me so i'm right. okay yeah so <laughs> handle it well robert yurick man after dan tana he made uh he made uh you know um he made that one so uh, ice pirates ice about 1984 85 i would say okay so Hmm. There you go. Are you still watching Picard? Uh, season three's out next month. Did the uh, the trailer was I guess yesterday, right? Yeah. So uh, Succession we, out in April. Succession out in April. Yeah. You know I can't get into Succession. Uh, I don't know why. Why can't I get into su- Succession? Speaking of shows, uh, probably you know too high, too much. Uh, what was your word? Uh, not bum doodle, but uh, hoi polloi. Uh, hubbub. Too much hubbub. Too, too much, much hubbub. hubbub. Well, you know what? It's about the media. Uh, and it, it, there's, you know, when you, when you, you have to watch kind of stupid people kind of navigate the world, you know, you're thinking to yourself, well, gosh, you know, hereditary wealth is just so frustrating because, you know, the, the dad does all the hard, the heavy lifting and gets everything done. And then these, these dopey kids, you know, he's got, so, I mean, I, I I've had a lot of people tell me that succession is a really great show. There's another one, um, that Apple on Apple TV called severance. Oh, Severance is great. Is it? I, I, great I, science fiction. Yeah. yeah. And then I started watching one on Apple called Echo 3. Echo 3. And I thought to myself, these are the two dumbest people I've ever seen operate. Uh, like, can they make any more dumb decisions than what, they, uh, what they're making? It's a little disconcerting, the first two, because I felt exactly that. Yeah. How like, can they what? be this dumb? How, good grief. I guess even worse as they go along, so... Severance uh, is on Apple TV. Yes. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. We'll right. never yeah. underestimate a human's capacity to screw it up uh, well, they, and make bad decisions. That's 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 Echo Three for you. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. weren't you guys in Delta Force? Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, didn't you like? Didn't you like learn to get in and get out in a hurry? Yeah. Didn't you serve with George Santos? Yeah. Yeah. yeah didn't you see George <laughs> Santos? <laughs> George Santos. <laughs> Um, New York. Well, yeah. I like I like the way he operates. He he, or or it's funny the way he operates. His his method is deny, 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 then kind of admit, but not really, and then come out and say, well, so. Yeah. Uh, at the very end, he right. just he he doesn't ever admit it. He just says, well, so. <laughs> yeah, I like right. putting one dozen donuts outside his office door for reporters. One dozen. <laughs> one dozen. One dozen. <laughs> Dunkin' there, Donuts. There you go. 
Uh, well, he has a sense of humor, I guess. I mean, yeah. you have to when you're a Brazilian drag queen. I mean, come on now. <laughs> uh, you know, you I, say that like it's bad or something. There's no, nothing wrong with it. Nothing that. wrong with it at all. Don't no. judge. Don't, I, don't judge. judge. I, yeah. I would have more respect for him if he came out and said, yeah, I am. And so, so what? what? I like it. I like it. Okay, cool. I'm that, cool with I, it. I'd have more respect for you if you did that. I Own know. it. Own it. Own Extreme it. ownership. I just realized that we we're like uh, seven minutes past 10 o'clock already, and we've been talking about nothing basically the entire time. That's good. Is, which is awesome. Do we have anything financial to talk about? Is well, I was going to say, if you didn't, if you wanted to skip that part today, we could maybe mention something outside of that yeah, go the, ahead. about the network sure. that we're doing. So I guess, I guess yeah. uh, full disclosure. So I guess you guys know us from being financial people and our wealth management firm and coming on here and talking about that stuff. But... We are partners with uh, Tom and yourself with the with a podcast network as a side business for us. But yeah, so we have some exciting stuff that we've been working on. I just um, thought you guys talked to Juanita. We did. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did. did. Um, soon to be married, Juanita. We're doing a, yes. She's marrying into the Pine and Plow. I was going to say to a Walther. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, we're, we're doing a few different, we have a few different projects we're working on currently as far as different podcasts that we're developing and currently still ongoing doing uh filming for but we also have a workshop that we're trying to put together and you want to talk about that a little bit sure Tom? on uh, february 3rd we're going to have a luncheon where are we talk march about 3rd. march 3rd march 3rd excuse yeah you're me. good march 3rd i was gonna pro- say damn that's just a couple of days <laughs> 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 uh, march 3rd 11 30 to 1 uh at the um croc center uh, McDonald's Croc Center, we're going to put on a w- luncheon workshop on why your business needs a podcast. Mm. And I'm going to talk about uh, the mechanics of starting a podcast. Uh, Andrew's going to talk about the some of the podcasts we have in the Texas Hill Country Podcast Network uh, that we're all a part of. We started with four, and I think we're up to ten podcasts now. Uh, and how you can benefit from uh, doing that, the collateral social media marketing material that uh, you can create around your podcast and why that a podcast can get your business message out in a way that um, print or other media, radio, uh, it's, it's just different. Mm-hmm. So I hope uh, we're going to send out a flyer on that uh, this week, and we're going to be talking about it. And I'm going to talk uh, to the Rotary Club later this week about it, uh, courtesy Kenneth O'Neill. And so I hope if you're interested in having a podcast, you'll uh, contact uh, one of us and uh, it's 20 bucks to to come and get uh, lunch and have a good little workshop on why your business needs a podcast in Kerrville. There it is. Look at that. And we have a Facebook page, YouTube page, Texas Hill Country Podcast Network uh, and the website, of course, Texas Hill Country Podcast Network dot com. And I think we're up to. I don't know. We just passed 400 yeah. followers this weekend. We have, I think, three videos on our Facebook page that have over a thousand views. Nice. So we're getting some good traction with it, and some good interest, and and it's so amazing to me how much everybody loves when we invite a guest on that's never done that before, that's never sat down to really talk about whatever it is that we're talking about for podcast filming. How much fun they have doing it, um, and the response has just been great so far so well, we're looking know, it, forward to the it. thing i always tell people too and i remember we were talking about this when we first time we met i said you know when we did the with the ver- first version of your stuff it's like it'll go like that you know uh greg richards and i did a podcast the other day where we talked about forming an llc and we he's he wanted to he wanted to you know stretch it over two podcasts and i was like no that's not a problem at all <laughs> you know well, well i go i got five questions here it'll take 30 minutes for you and so we went kind of back and forth 
But I think you're right. I mean, the, the thing I tell people all the time is that in the world that we live in currently, uh, from a media landscape, is that it has changed dramatically. Um, and if you're not diversifying your, your, you have to look at every small business has a story to tell. Every small business has an audience to reach. If you're not diversifying that reach, you will not get your message across. You will not build. If your idea is to grow business, you know, then you got to be prepared, prepared to tell your story. You know, I've met some business owners like, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to deal with anybody else. I'm like, fine. Then you're satisfied with that. I don't need, I'll move on. You know, and like uh, part of the, like with this show, for instance, like I want the advertisers and the sponsors of this show to be engaged with the show on a regular basis because their content is important. That's why what we learned from 12 Days of Giftmas, you know, was that the more we had on, the more success we had with, with people, you know, seeing the content because not everybody is, everybody's time shifted these days, you know, yep. you know, yep. so, uh, and, and that's the, that's the thing, you know, like when you look at, you know, people were like, let's talk about that show Yellowstone, right? Well, Yellowstone gets like, what, 10 million viewers? I mean, back in the day, they would have like... <laughs> Dwarfed. Dwarfed. You're out of here, you know, yeah, after one absolutely. season, you know. Goodbye. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, where you... But you, it, it's that shows you how segmented the audience now is. And you've got to be aggressive about how you do that. And oh, by the way, I'm, I'm about a month away from really talking about social media in a way that I can, I feel kind of unhind, unrestricted by, but I'll, I'll we'll, probably in March, we'll be able to really sit down and talk about where I think social media is heading and it's not in a good place, quite frankly. So, I mean, it, it's good and it's bad and there's some really bad parts that are going to happen, I think, in, in the, in the near, in the near term for a lot of us who are dependent upon social media to get our message out. So there you go. That's all I got for you guys. Um, by the way, events, just real quick, some events that I want to get to, uh, they're coming up our top five things tomorrow. Uh, cause Leslie's not here today. She's sick. She's not feeling good. So let's wish Leslie the best. She's got the Rona. She got, no, she doesn't have the Rona. She just doesn't feel good, I guess. So well, she's, she's been her. Real, yeah, allergies, real yeah. sick with allergies last yeah. week too. I remember. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, college basketball over at Shrine University. Uh, the women take on Trinity University at 530. Trinity is number one in the nation in NCAA Division III. Uh, that's also – now, Shriner's two games back in that in that conference right now, so that's a huge game. So if you want to see some really good women's basketball, that's the one to go see. Demaria Miles has been tearing it up for the Mountaineers. She's averaging 17.9 points per game. Uh, and leads the conference in scoring. We'll see if she can continue that against a very good Trinity team. The men who have been all over the place uh, had a good weekend their last weekend. They play Trinity at 7.30. Also, uh, girls soccer over at uh, Tyvee. Uh, they're kind of fun to watch, too. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, Wild West Wine Wednesdays at the Museum of Western Art from 5.30 to 7.30. Um, check, take a look at that. Uh, at the library on Wednesday, because we like to support the library, uh, Friends of the Library Book Sale. Um, you know, uh, not really well known because of the messaging from some of the dopes, uh, and, and some of our other elected offices. This is how the library gets a lot of its funding for, uh, for new books is, is through the friends of the library book sale. Uh, the Sprouts program over at, uh, at uh, the Versailles Nature Center is for kids uh, from 1030 to 1130. That's on Thursday. Uh, take your kids down to that. If you are, have uh, you know kind of preschool-aged kids, it's kind of a fun way to do things. And then Friday night, 
the opening of uh, opening for me and Juliet over at the Callow Theater at seven thirty. That's a play, so enjoy that. Those are our top five things to do this week. Uh, there you go. Final thoughts. Run on the table here. Uh, Gilbert Pies prison rules. What do you got? Yes, I think all the Shriner sports teams need to incorporate prison rules in uh, all their activities. Absolutely, it would help their. Uh, help improve their records, I'm sure. And then on Friday, La Escondida 1962 is going to be doing Lotaria. Uh, it's a Mexican bingo. Right. That sounds like fun. I yeah. told my wife, we need to go to that. We need to go to that. All right. All right. All right. Good, good, good get. All right. Uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Gay. Um, man, I don't got nothing. I didn't know about the Lotaria. I'm, I'm, I, I've played that with my I, I family. I meant to tell you and Beth about mm-hmm. it, so I'll, I'll, I'll mention it to you later. Sometime. Yes, and my in-laws. <laughs> that that's, sounds amazing. We have a, if you want the latest in wealth management in the financial world, go find our page. You know where to find us and follow us. we got a big week coming up. All right. Uh, and finally, the one, the only, Tom Fox. What do you think? February 2nd is my mother's 90th birthday. Congratulations. So I want to wish her an early happy birthday, happy birthday. and 90 years. And uh, we will see you this weekend for your 90th birthday nice. party, Mom. What a deal. Uh, my grandmother turns 101 on February 28th. Nice. So, yeah, we're, 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 I'm going to probably try to think if I'm going to go out for that or not. So any chance I get to spend time with her is always a, always a good thing as well. All right, tomorrow, uh, uh, depending on the weather, I guess, we'll see what happens. Uh, Sergeant Jack Lamb will be here to talk about uh, things with the Kerrville Police Department, including their uh, academy program, which is the Citizens Police Academy, which I highly recommend. I think you should all consider it, consider volunteering for the different things. One of the ways we keep our parks safe and one of the ways we keep our community safe is through some of the citizen patrols that are out there and you can get kind of learn all about being the police department, get into the alumni association and then go on patrol and help out the police department when they need help. So there you go. That's it. That's all we got for today. Everybody have a great rest of your day. We will see you guys again tomorrow. Make believe no one belongs to anything.